everyone who's hanging out with us uh, in worship this morning as well as those of you who are joining us on demand. Today we're beginning a brand new series of sermons and I would like to begin with a deeply philosophical question and that question is this, what does it mean to be alive? I mean if, if you were to ask you know any random sampling of people you probably get tons of different responses, tons of different answers uh, and maybe even a few puzzled expressions here and there. Here is just a random kind of uh, sampling of responses to this question. What does it mean to be alive? Or what does it mean to have life? Here's one. I knew I was alive when I first held my baby daughter. I'm most alive when I'm laughing so hard that it hurts. I feel most alive when I'm flying an airplane. I feel alive when I'm watching the sunset over the ocean. I'm alive when I've got good music, a pen, and a notebook. I feel most alive while I'm out on a chilly morning run. I feel alive when I'm in my deer stand early in the morning all by myself. I'm alive every time I kiss my wife. Finishing a difficult project that I've worked so hard on makes me feel alive. Now, maybe one of those quotes or ideas resonated with you, or maybe you have uh, an answer that is totally unique to you. Either way, the question, what does it mean to be alive, is an important question that we may be inclined to just rush over because of the pace and the hustle and bustle of our daily lives. We just don't have the time or the mental energy to, to spend time reflecting on what it means to have life. In this series, I want to tackle this question because the trap that we risk falling into when we avoid this question is many of us will never truly live. Remember that William Wallace quote from the movie Braveheart? He said, every man dies, but not every man really lives. So what makes us alive? Can life be reduced to brain waves and heartbeats, or does really living go much deeper than this? Grammy award-winning musician Lady Gaga once said, my whole life is a theater piece. Is, is that what it means to be alive? To put on an interesting or entertaining show for other people? The singer Shakira once offered the following. She said, quote, life is a soccer field, don't you think? Well, it's is that true? Can, can life be reduced to a, a fun game on a sunny afternoon? Director Eli Roth was once quoted to say, Life is a series of avoiding horrible situations until ultimately you're dead. I don't know about you, but that sounds terrible, right? It has me wondering, is it possible that lots and lots of people aren't really sure what it means to really have life. Luckily for us, God, and specifically God's Word, has a lot to say about this. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, one of Jesus' closest friends and earliest followers, John, wrote this. He said, God 
has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. So if, if John were to come up and pull up a stool or pull up a chair and we were to ask him, what does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to have life? John would respond by saying, to be truly alive is to have Jesus. To have Jesus is to have real, lasting life. I think most of us in this room and, and watching this morning on demand would probably agree with this sentiment. But the fact is, you and I, all of us probably know that you can know Jesus without knowing Jesus, without having a relationship with him. We, we can know Jesus without knowing him. We can know him without ever deciding to follow his lead. In fact, Jesus was once talking with some very upright and very religious people when he said, woe or agony, grief to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites. You're like a grave that's been whitewashed. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you're full of moldering bones and decaying rot. What Jesus is revealing is that you can know what life is, and you can even appear as though you have it on the outside, when in reality you are dead as dead can be down deep. To the masses, you look healthy, perhaps even vibrant, but under the surface, you can be rotting away. This is where things will start to get a little bit uncomfortable. You see, as we probe what it means to have life, we must consider the possibility that we are actually still dead. Like the religious leaders that had tried to convince the masses that they were alive, is it possible that we too have only convinced ourselves that we have life? Have we deceived ourselves into believing that because we pray before dinner or show up to church from time to time or happen to know the lyrics of the songs we sing, that that constitutes enough evidence of health and vitality that we couldn't possibly still be dead? Is it possible that we know Jesus, but on the inside... We're wasting away because we don't have a relationship with him. We believe in him, but we don't trust him, and we therefore do not follow him. Is it possible? Yeah, it's not only possible. We'd probably have to conclude that this is the way that most Christians living in America in the 21st century are currently living their lives. It's, uh, it's a lot like a marriage. You see, Many people love the idea of marriage, but anyone who's ever been married knows that marriage is hard. For many, there's an expectation that doesn't always completely align or fall into sync with reality. Marriage takes work and sacrifice. We have to be patient and forgiving in order to make that relationship last. We probably all know couples that we thought had a healthy, thriving, vibrant marriage, but under the surface the relationship was eroding away. Then without warning, one of them announced that they'd filed for divorce and we were surprised, maybe even shocked by this revelation. In the same way, I think many Christians love the idea of being in a relationship with Jesus. It just sounds good, but once they're in a relationship with him, they find that it too, like marriage, takes a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of effort. But unlike a marriage, Estrangement from Jesus can go unnoticed. 
We can just stop spending time with Him, nurturing that relationship with Him, reaffirming our affections for Him, and allowing His love for us to sweep us off our feet. Jesus doesn't guilt people or force them to spend time with Him. And after a while, there's not much left of that union. Sure, that person might be able to tell others a lot about Jesus, but the reality is they're estranged from Him and the relationship is dead. From time to time, those folks may even reminisce about the old days, the way things used to be. They'll remember the fire they once had and the the passion that overwhelmed them during those early days of their relationship with Jesus. And they'll wonder how things got so far off track and got so badly messed up. Of course, all the while they'll keep up appearances. I mean, after all, while publicly Divorcing another human has become common. Divorcing Jesus has not. So they'll show up to church services, maybe even pray in small groups. Heck, they may even post Bible verses on their social media accounts from time to time or sing along with Christian music. But inwardly, their soul is a cemetery, and they long for the spirit-soaked vitality they had at the beginning. Maybe... This sounds a lot like your relationship with Jesus. Maybe sometimes in your most honest moments, somewhere in the deepest recesses of your soul, you wonder what's wrong. And you question whether there's any hope for one day really being alive. The Old Testament recounts the struggles and the heartaches of a guy named Job. You see, Job had tons and tons go wrong in his life. At one point, he lost literally everything, his health, his wealth, and the people that were closest to him that he loved the most. One day, while grieving and sitting amongst his friends, he wondered aloud, can the dead live again? If so, this would give me hope through all my years of struggle, and I would eagerly await the release of death. You would call me, and I would answer, and you would yearn for me your handiwork. See, Job's heartache and loss drove him to wonder, what does it mean to truly be alive? And and do we have anything to look forward to beyond the grave, beyond death? He wanted so deeply to believe that on the other side of lifelessness, God would be there cheering for him, jumping up and down, clapping his hands together, going absolutely crazy for him, just waiting for him to cross the finish line of life so that he could wrap him up in his arms and tell him that he loves him. On uh, the early morning hours of April 8, 1945, the Lutheran pastor and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer was led to the gallows among Nazi guards. His execution order was signed by Heinrich Himmler, head of the Third Reich SS force and one of the major architects of the Holocaust. It was Bonhoeffer Bonhoeffer who famously wrote, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. On that gray April morning, Bonhoeffer ascended the gallows and was hanged until he was dead. An on-site doctor watching the execution would later say that he had never seen a man die so, quote, entirely submissive to the will of God. Bonhoeffer's final words 
there at Flossenburg only days before American troops liberated the camp were these. He said, this is the end for me, the beginning of life. Can the dead live again? Can a dead faith be brought back to life? Is there hope for someone who's just been lifelessly going through the motions, who's claimed to know Jesus but doesn't really know Jesus? For someone who's perhaps they'd admit to being a believer in Jesus, but there's no drive to actually be a follower of Jesus? The short answer is yes. The dead can live again. If God can breathe life into a lifeless body, he can breathe life into a lifeless faith. And over the next several weeks, we'll put some flesh on the bones of this timeless truth. We'll see that everyone must die to truly live. But we don't get to die on our terms. We die on the terms set forth by Jesus in his word. We'll explore the consequences of dying on our terms rather than on the terms of Jesus. And when we wrap things up at the end of next month, we'll see that nothing is too dead for God to breathe life into. But heck, maybe you don't want to wait weeks. Maybe down deep, you know today is the day. You don't need more information. You don't need to be convinced. You need life, and you know you need it today. If that's you, I've got great news for you. Jesus described himself as the way, the truth, and the life. The scriptures tell us that Jesus came to give us life, and not just any kind of life, life to the fullest measure. If you want Jesus, I want you to know that Jesus wants you just as bad, if not worse, and he sacrificed for you to make that possible. When we repent of our sins and are baptized into Christ, The Apostle Paul tells us that we are therefore buried with him through baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If you want to live, you can. If if you want to live, you can, and you can start living right now. You can repent of your sins, and you can be baptized into Christ, and you can start enjoying real life beginning today. I want you to know we're here for you, and if you've got questions about what that looks like or, or you want to set up a time to be baptized, we want that for you. We want that for your relationship with Jesus because Jesus wants the dead to live again. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your son Jesus, who came that we might have a life. Father, I pray that as we begin this series, you'll begin to pull away, remove the brush that has maybe collected around our hearts, that you'll make our hearts a fertile place for your word to put down roots so that we might be fully alive. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be your children, and we just pray that we will live in a way that brings honor to your name, that glorifies you, that advances your kingdom so that we might make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. We love you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.